G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. When you're a Christian, you frequently hear some challenging impressions about the future of humanity. The Bible not only speaks of our beginning in Genesis, but also what is to come in the end of the age. One of our guests today says we're about to face the most difficult days in the history of mankind. And if we're not prepared, we could be swept away with all the propaganda and all the politics of the world. Bible prophecy suggests that the forces of light and darkness are lined up in battle array as the world moves closer to the end of the age. Sometimes we can be fearful or even sometimes dismissive of biblical prophecy and those images we'll read in the book of Revelation. Well, for some, it's a confronting picture that God himself defeats armies arrayed against the nation of Israel in the ultimate battle that we know as Armageddon. Now, a U.S. Army colonel and a Pulitzer Prize-nominated journalist have teamed up to publish a book on military and spiritual warfare tactics. U.S. Army Chaplain Colonel David Giamana had 32 years of military service and was responsible for over a 1,000 chaplains around the world. He had three tours of combat duty and spent four years at the Pentagon. He's also considered an end-times expert who oversees what is called the Warrior Refuge in the U.S., And Troy Anderson, an award-winning investigative journalist who co-wrote the best-selling Babylon Code and Trumpocalypse. Their new book is called The Military Guide to Armageddon, Battle-Tested Strategies to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Times. Let me make a special welcome, first of all, to you, Colonel David Giamona. Welcome. (laughs) Neil, thanks. It's great to be with you tonight, or today. It's tonight for you. It's today for here in Australia. Troy Anderson, welcome along to you. Yeah, uh, Neil, it's a great honor to be on your show. Thank you. Uh, Let me start. First of all, David, I mentioned a quote from you. We're about to face the most difficult days in the history of mankind. I wonder how you can qualify that uh, for people who are seeing what's on the headlines in the news, uh, reading these headlines in our newspapers, uh, how do you uh, how do you talk about uh, the difficult days ahead? You know, Neil, um, it's no secret that we're experiencing around the world some very difficult days. Um, not just the COVID nineteen politics, fires, floods, and all of those things are talked about in Matthew chapter twenty four, where Jesus said, "Hey, before I come back again." These things are going to start happening. It's going to be like a woman who is pregnant, and there's going to be pains of birth, and we're experiencing those pains right now. And there may be a calm period uh, in between more pains, but as the end of time, as the, the Lord's coming comes closer, we're going to experience more and more sharply the pains 
of childbirth, as uh, he told us 2,000 years ago. We're talking to the two of you in the United States today. Uh, Colonel David Giamana, you're in Georgia. Troy Anderson, you're in Orange County in California. Uh, Troy, let me ask you, uh, your impressions are primarily going to be US-based, but what's your impression of the preparedness of the church in America with what you're seeing today? And uh, if you have any impressions on what's happening here in Australia? You know, uh, from, from different uh, interviews and research I've done and, and people I've talked to, uh, you know, for, for decades now, the, the church has largely sort of been asleep at the wheel when it comes to the end times. Uh, you know, polls like the Barnett Group did a poll several years ago, found uh, eight in 10 evangelical Christians believe we're living in the biblical end times. And, and yet the vast majority of churches, at least here in the United States, uh, don't teach on Bible prophecy, don't teach on the end times, and, and largely try to avoid most uh, con- controversial subjects. But but surprisingly, uh, you know, about a month or two after the COVID-19 uh, pandemic broke out, LifeWay released a, a new survey, and they actually found that 9 in 10 pastors see signs of the of Jesus's return in current events. So, so even though many churches don't talk about this stuff, uh, the vast majority of pastors believe that that we are in in the end times. I imagine here the preparation. This is where we'll get to as we advance our conversation. But uh, let's spend another few moments here talking about. Uh, some level of research that's gone into your new book. Uh, David, the book features something in the vicinity of 50 interviews with some of the world's most respected geopolitical, economic and military affairs experts as well as faith leaders and biblical scholars. Uh, the people that have contributed to your book, how do you sum that up in a, in a nutshell? Well, you're exactly right, Neil. We have uh, selected some of the best and brightest minds the leaders of the Christian church, uh, military leaders. We have major generals, lieutenant generals that we've interviewed that I've actually worked with. And many of these leaders uh, who are the Christians, I've also worked with. So uh, Troy did a fantastic job in interviewing them along with myself. And I think uh, it plays out throughout the book that it's not just our expertise, but it's their expertise and what they're seeing uh, around the world. Uh, Names like uh, even Billy Graham, Uh, you've got uh, Brigadier General Norman H. Anderson, uh, Tim LaHaye, Uh, some of these names will be very well known to listeners, Jerry B. Jenkins, Uh, even Chuck Missler, Uh, people that you've had contribution to the book here. Do they all agree that in a day like this, and I'll get your thoughts here, Troy, the biblical idea, the forces of light and darkness lined up in a battle array as the world moves closer to the end of the age, are all of these leaders in agreement with this biblical understanding of what is happening today? So, so over the last decade, you know, for the, for the Babylon Code and Tripocalypse and now for the Military Guide to Armageddon, I, I've interviewed about 150, uh, you know, major faith leaders, Bible scholars, uh, and the, the, the overwhelming consensus from Billy Graham, Tim LaHaye, Hal Lindsey, Greg Laurie, uh, you know, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, sort of a who's who of major faith leaders and Bible scholars, is that they, they do believe we are approaching the, the end of the age here. But what's more surprising is I also interviewed uh, experts on existential risk at uh, Harvard, uh, Oxford, MIT, Princeton, and, and they, they believe from a secular point of view that the world is facing many major threats, 
uh, you know, they, they have some of these uh, existential risk institutes uh, release annual reports on the top 10 threats facing the world. And there's things like extreme climate change, uh, nuclear war, artificial intelligence gone amok, you know, an asteroid impact, a, a global totalitarian government. And, and so the consensus among all these uh, secular experts that study this kind of stuff say that they, they believe we're approaching the end of hum human civilization unless humanity takes uh, drastic action. David, let me just spend a few moments here talking about what you'll bring to the project as this book uh, just unpacks some of these preparation issues. Because as a colonel in the U.S. Army and as an army chaplain, and I mentioned in the introduction, uh, you were in charge of as many as a thousand chaplains. And I think it's in something like 75 bases, U.S. Army mm -hmm. bases around the world. And what a chaplain often does, and you can qualify this and, uh, and explain this, uh, you are equipping the soldiers as they're facing a battle and the idea that today they might lose their lives. So this idea of equipping believers, what's the alignment here? Equipping soldiers to go into battle and equipping believers for end of days. Now that's the really the heart of the book. And so the number one priority of the United States Army, and I believe probably any military in the world, is the prior, the priority number one is preparation, being battle ready. If you're not ready to go into the fight, if you're not equipped, if you're not trained, if you're not ready to face the enemy, you're going to lose. And so when I went into the conflicts that I've been into with soldiers, you know, they were physically ready and they were mentally prepared, but spiritually they saw things that they were not ready to see, you know, death, destruction, their buddies being killed. And so this did a real uh, spiritual number on some of our of our great soldiers, and they came back almost disappointed that God didn't do something more for them. And as I saw that, that's really where the heart of the book came. And the, and I talked to the Lord. I said, Lord, what do I do? How do I help people, especially in these end times, because they're not ready. The church is not ready. And so the Lord kind of directed me from all of my experiences, from the knowledge of the military that I've had over 32 plus years. Let's make an army. The Lord is telling us, get the army of the Lord prepared to fight in this conflict, because if they're not ready, they're not prepared, then they're going to fail. So, you know, that's the gist of the book right there. Preparation. So, David, if we're going to talk about the preparation of the believer for a battle at the end of days, what's the primary thing no doubt there's a, a list of things that we can go through but if uh, at this particular point in our conversation uh, for those believers listening to us today recognizing that what you're saying is true and that there is a biblical end times battle what is the thing that we ought to be doing right now the perhaps the primary thing to be become battle ready what's the first point well the first point is this in order to be ready for any kind of battle, you have to understand you are in a battle. There are a lot of believers around the world today, especially in America, that um, don't really understand the battle that we're in. So I'm training, in fact, I'm going this weekend uh, to train pastors, and I'm training pastors as one thing, and believers as well. You first must understand the times that we're living in in order to be battle ready. 
if you think the world is just going to continue as it is and that everything's going to be hunky-dory and you're not going to have any major issues and you're just going to live life, then you're in real trouble because, you know, if a hurricane hits or a tornado or any natural disaster, if you're not prepared for that disaster, you're going to fail. It's this way in spiritual events as well. So the first thing is to understand the times we live in and to understand that we must get ready for preparation. And that is the number one thing. Uh, when the army goes to war, it's going to war and it's going to battle and it gets ready by training. It gets ready by preparation. It gets ready by, you know, making sure we have enough ammo, food, communication, and everything has to be set in order in order to go into the battle with the enemy. So the first thing is very important. You must understand what we're here, what it's about, what we're going into. And so starting there, then we can talk about other preparation um, procedures. For a lot of people, they'll be thinking, if there is a battle, then I need to be prepared uh, but is this just a little bit of Christian hype around the Bible and the end times? Perhaps I ought to just seek out some neutral ground somewhere, uh, somewhere I can sort of hide and let the winds blow, but I'll be protected. Uh, Troy, I wonder if you've got any sort of thought around this idea that uh, that you might be, in some sense here, not ready to take sides right now and uh, acknowledge the battle, and maybe you're just going to look for some sort of peaceful, neutral ground. Is there <laughs> such a place? Yeah, I imagine that most people will uh, seek out their, their their comfort zone, just like you're saying there, and, and see, is there some kind of neutral ground? Can I you know, sort of weather out, you know, wait, wait out and weather out this whole thing. But the, you know, what the Bible tells us as, as the Colonel mentioned, this is Jesus compared just to birth pains. So, so maybe the COVID-19 is one of the first, first big birth pains. And then, you know, there's, there's a break after that. Then we, we move into some other great crisis. I mean, we, we have no idea what's going to, you know, come down the pike next year. So it, it's just prudent. And the Bible also talks about, the, you know, the wise man prepares for, for disasters and, and things of that nature. So it's just common sense, prudent to, you know, get yourself physically, mentally, psychologically, financially, and, and spiritually uh, uh, ready uh, for whatever eventualities are coming down the road. And, and, and also, you know, as a word of encouragement, you know, the, the Bible is full of, of uh, uh, parallels between the, uh, the the battle, like sort of sort of like uh, putting on the full armor of God, um, you know, the weapons of our warfare. There's uh, there, there's there's literally like you know uh, I think like ninety battles in the Bible, and and uh, talks about God's heavenly army, and and how you know the angels in heaven are structured in a military uh, uh, you know structure. So so the, there's a lot of imagery about the about the military in, in the Bible, and in fact that as you know the Colonel will tell you that the military you know studies like King David and many biblical characters and, and biblical battles. This is uh, so there's a lot of parallels between uh, what the Bible talks about and, and, and you know, what, what the military trains for. Visions 2020 with Neil Johnson, a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. It's a interesting conversation we are into right now, one you can join into on 1-800-316-316. We're talking about a military guide to Armageddon. 
Battle-Tested Strategies to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Times. Our special guests, U.S. Army Chaplain Colonel David Giamona and Troy Anderson, award-winning investigative journalist. David, let me advance our conversation here a little because you quote the Bible teacher John Piper in your book, and it's around the issues of religious activity and we talk about the powers of light the powers of darkness religious activity that satan is quite satisfied with Uh, give us some insight here yeah i'd like to do the quote that we have in a book and let the listeners uh feel the heart of the book for themselves and john piper great theologian great preacher uh i look highly up to him and let me just read the pipe the quote from piper he says satan is satisfied with all our religious activity, as long as it does not move us to break down those gates to rescue the perishing. Therefore, at the top of my agenda these days has been the question, how can I get myself and the church away to a wartime mentality? Is there some way to break the spell? Picture a great army asleep with mighty weapons in their limp hands and armor in their tents. Picture them sleeping in the fields all around one of Satan's strongholds. Suddenly, an eyelid blinks, A head lifts and looks around, then another and another. A strange awakening spreads through the field. Muscles are flexed, armor fitted, sword sharpened, eyes meet with silent excitement. The light in the commander's tent goes on, and the generals gather, and the strategy for the attack is laid. Wow. Okay. Interesting quote there. And, uh, Troy, any addition to that, that you might have a comment on a quote like that about the way that people perceive these things. You know, I, I just say that, uh, you know, for, for many years, uh, you know, it's been sort of a country club kind of church, but I believe that God is calling us into a, a new a new paradigm now. Like the, you know, Pastor Todd Smith says that God told him to build me an army I can use. And so I believe that the message is going out worldwide now, that many people are picking this up, that God is, is moving us into a more warrior kind of stage. You know, he wants us to be more active with our Christianity, sharing the gospel, uh, you know, obeying you know God's word, living righteous lives, setting a good example, and 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 spreading the gospel around the world, despite the the opposition and persecution that's probably going to increase in the in the months and years ahead. David, what do you say to people who are in fact longing for peace? I mean, it's not just uh, you know the the idea of looting and violence on the streets in the U.S. right now, and uh, we're seeing those sorts of images as you would be as well, and and uh, issues around the world where there's conflict, uh, the idea that the world is longing for peace. I wonder if you've got some insight here into the Bible teaching about even the rise of uh, the Antichrist, uh, who would be a person who will bring peace. So the idea of peace is not necessarily the answer here. Uh, What are your thoughts around peace and still this idea of preparation? Well, you know, the kind of peace that the world wants is far different than the peace of Christ that he offers in in our hearts and our minds and our spirits. You know, the the world wants uh, a peace to settle around, you know, the globe so that everybody can live and, you know, do their own thing and take care of their own business. But that kind of peace is not going to ever last. I mean, in the 6,000 years of human history, there's only been 268 years of actual peace. The rest of the time has been in warfare of one sort or of another. 
So the piece that people um, are looking for is, is elusive. And the only time that's going to really have peace is when Christ comes back, destroys the Antichrist, and brings in, you know, reigns in power throughout the entire world for the, you know, for the millennium. So, uh, you know, we have to understand that there will be a rise of the Antichrist, as you said, and he will bring peace, but only for a short period of time. And many people will fall away, even believers, and follow this this man who is promising the world, but at the end delivering death. Okay, and bringing us back to this idea that I mentioned a little earlier, the idea of being swept away by propaganda and the politics of the world. Uh, Troy, I wonder if you've got any thoughts along this line, because if we're talking end of days, uh, the rise of someone who appears to be a person of peace, as we talk about someone who is anti-Christ, there's clearly going to be a real charisma in this individual, and uh, they're going to have propaganda and uh, the political sway to to sway uh, people all over the world. Uh, What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, I think everything we see happening now is, is setting the stage for the rise of this this charismatic individual. You know that the COVID nineteen crisis has created this uh, this global you know economic downturn. Uh, it's created a lot of anxiety. Um, the high unemployment levels. Uh, you know, around the world. And so, you know, just as Hitler rose to power in the 1930s during a similar time of economic crisis, this is, the world is primed for the, for the appearance of this individual, especially if we have even a greater crisis that comes down the road here, somebody they could offer peace and solutions and that kind of thing. So who, who knows who this person might be or how they might come to power. But, uh, you know, there's there, there's some polls I put in different books that showed that uh, 7 in 10 people worldwide now favor some kind of global authority to, to you know, address uh, uh, global crises like climate change or reduce the chance of nuclear war. And, and here in America, polls show that uh, many of the young people, over half now, favor uh, socialism and even communism over capitalism and so there's there's this this growing uh, amount of propaganda and sort of brainwashing mind control that's been going on for decades now that's that sort of primed the world to accept some kind of a you know messiah kind of figure that could you know offer all you know financial solutions peace solutions that kind of thing so that's uh, uh, i believe the world's being uh, pr- primed for the introduction of this this person and uh, david perhaps at no other time in history other than now we can see this idea of the possibility of uh, end times global government Uh, we're talking about you know cashless societies more regularly now and uh, universal religions uh, these sorts of things Uh, just a a minute or so in the lead up to the news a quick comment on the idea of there's a whole lot of things that seem to be converging together well, there is, and the, the key to all of this, really, uh, is the rise of Israel at the end times, because the Bible clearly says, when I bring my people from around the world and bring them back to Israel, and that happened on one day on May 14, 1948, then the, really the, the clock started ticking for the end times, and we could see all the biblical prophecies, all the things coming down, because Israel, Middle East, all the things happening in Jerusalem and around the world are, you know, showing us that the biblical prophecies are being fulfilled right now and will continue until the return of Christ. Okay, biblical prophecies being fulfilled in our lifetime. 
David, let me come to you here because we started talking a little about the nation of Israel just before the break. Uh, you use the name of the geographical location of where the end-time battle will take place, Armageddon. That's in the title of your book. Let's talk Israel for a few moments. Uh, the issues that are around Middle East peace. I know you've just gotten back from uh, visiting Israel. Give us your insights around Israel and the significance of what happens there at the end of days. Well, thanks, Neil. And I actually was able to visit the Valley of Megiddo, which where the Battle of Armageddon will take place. And I spent quite a bit of time just surveying that battlefield. And that in itself is interesting. But we all have to understand one thing. The Bible is a Middle East-centric book, and it revolves around God's, the apple of God's eye, Jerusalem and Israel. That's the center stage, and that is why so many nations are fighting to keep that... Uh, that battle going in Israel. Every nation around the Middle East wants a piece of Israel. And so it's an extremely important piece. Right now, what's going on is the Islamic nations that are afraid of Turkey and Iran especially, um, and they're trying to align themselves with Israel and uh, become stronger in relationship with them. And that's what's going on right now. Um, Iran and Turkey especially have uh, said many, many things about them taking over the Middle East. In fact, Turkey wants to reinvent the Ottoman Empire. Uh, they want to recreate uh, you know, a state where Islam is top priority. It's the, it is the religion of the masses, and it wants to really take over the entire Middle East. And so that's going on right now. Iran has its uh, forces arrayed throughout the Middle East, covert and overt uh, operations. And so we're seeing a real heat up of um, Middle Eastern warfare uh, and geopolitical uh, intrigue. So there are a lot of things going on right now that we need to keep our eyes on, um, along with everything else, COVID-19, the fires, the floods, and everything else happening. But Middle East is what we're... We need to keep our eye on right now. Well, there is activity that's happening in the Middle East, even as we speak today. Troy, what are your thoughts around the fact that there is now a peace treaty being enacted between Israel and the United Arab Emirates? Uh, and, of course, there are a lot of nations that hate Israel that already have some level of treaties. Some of them are like uh, friendly treaties and some not-so-friendly treaties. What are your thoughts around the activity that you can look at right now and, and see issues around peace in the Middle East? Well, well you know, of course, the, the Bible tells us that the, the Antichrist will make a peace treaty with, with Israel uh, that will actually kick off the tribulation. So these these different treaties that are that are going forward now only only time will tell if this is you know actually one of these key ones that the Bible speaks of. Uh, but you know there has been a lot of difficulty in the past in getting these treaties passed, and and uh, so it's it, it's an interesting development. But uh, you know the uh, the the jury is still out on this one. Some people will say, David, and your thoughts here, the idea of when you have events that are happening in real time in the world today and the caution you must have in being making an alignment of a fulfillment of biblical prophecy with those events of today. 
what are your thoughts around uh, around how significant that is and how cautious you must be uh, when you're actually saying that there are end time events and aligning those with a biblical prophecy fulfillment well that's a really good question and so first thing i would say is what jesus said watch and pray nobody knows exactly what's going to happen in the next 24 hours, the next seven days, and the next several weeks. We do know that there are some significant biblical prophecies yet to be fulfilled. So we're got to, we have to watch carefully. Uh, one of those prophecies, in order for the Antichrist to declare himself God in the midst of the tribulation, he does that in the temple of God. Well, one of the things we're looking for in the Middle East right now is the rebuilding of the third temple, the Jewish temple. And I have to tell everybody listening to my voice, when you see that temple being rebuilt, then you know that uh, some significant biblical events are about to take place, and we're, there would be much closer to the start of the seven-year Great Tribulation, as talked about in the book of Daniel and in the book of Revelation. That's just one of many things. Okay, we might get on to some more. We are taking calls, 1-800-316-316, to join in our conversation today, or you can leave a note on our Facebook post today, facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Let's take a call. Jane is on the line from North Queensland. Hi, Jane. Welcome. Thank you very much. Look, I agree that, you know, what you're saying is that Christians do need to be prepared and um, whether many of us are prepared is, is another story. Um, you referenced Matthew 24 at the beginning of this conversation, and um, you spoke about the signs of the times. Well, Jesus also admonished us not to be deceived, and he repeated that a couple of times in that chapter. Uh, he also referenced, as you've just done now, the book of Daniel, and admonished us to read and understand the book of Daniel, because it is the book of our time. So we cannot understand Revelation unless we understand Daniel because those visions are linked. And in that book of Daniel, there was a dream. And that dream refers to um, the nation that would have rule over God's people at the end of time. Like, sorry, from the time of Babylon, when the um, Israelites came out of uh, Jerusalem and were taken into captivity in Babylon right through until Christ the rock would come and smash all the other kingdoms. Now, when you understand the, the following visions in Daniel, I do wonder whether the toes that are the feet of iron and clay, they have come out of the legs of iron, which came out of the, the torso of Jane, Jane, you've got some great points that you're making there and a good little recount of some biblical studies there out of Daniel. Uh, let's get a thought from David or uh, here around what Jane is sharing. Well, Jane is right on the money, and she's referring to Daniel chapter 2 and the statue that Nebuchadnezzar had in a dream. And so people are wanting to know what empires are talking about with the legs of and the feet of uh, iron mixed with uh, uh, other minerals, as the Bible says, iron. And so, in, and at the end, it, it all is blown away by the global uh, realignment of Jesus Christ coming back. 
you know, and they want everybody has asked me over the years, who are these nations? Well, there's two main uh, theories about that that I I won't get deep into it, but I would just say this: many people up at this point, uh, conservatives, evangelicals say that is the, the Roman Empire, and that it's been revived and it's coming out of Europe. Now, there's a, a good friend of mine, Joel Richardson, who says no, he does he disagrees with that. He believes that the, uh, the, the empire that uh, is going to be leading the rise of the Antichrist is at Islam headed by Turkey. So I would say this to the, the audience, keep your eyes open. I will say my eyes are open to the Middle East right now, and the rise of Turkey is very significant. And so it would take several hours to go through the details of what she's talking about. But that is what I would say in a nutshell. And it might whet our appetites to take things a little deeper on that issue. Jane in North Queensland, thank you so much for your call. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. Let's take another call. Graham is in Tasmania. Hi, Graham. Welcome. Hello. Um, Matthew 24 tells us about false prophets. And, of course, one who is a great deceiver. So much that he will deceive the world that don't know their Bible. Revelations points out that in 13 about a false prophet will back up the uh, beast power to deceive those who are on the earth. We need to know about God and his Bible for our salvation. Know that uh, we just can't follow along with ministries that are not keeping to scripture. This is a, a great deception that's going to swallow up the biggest part of the world and follow the beast, and follow the false prophet. Graham, good thoughts in there. Let's get a a thought or two here from Troy. Uh, The idea of holding tight to foundations of Scripture to be able to resist uh, the rise of uh, this Antichrist and the false prophet. What are your thoughts for Graham? Yeah, that's that's an incredibly good point, is that the the more we know our Bible, the more we're in the Word of God, the more that we spend daily time, you know, in prayer with, with the Lord, in communication with the Lord, and, and studying Bible prophecy, that the less chance we will be of being deceived. I mean, today we are witnessing massive deception on a global scale that we've never seen before in our, in our lifetimes. Uh, the, you know, the, the elite are spending literally tens and billions of dollars to to move the world into this this new system that they would like to push us into and so there's massive you know propaganda brainwashing scientific mind control all kinds of incredible technologies that you know many of which we're not even aware of that are being used used on us so so it's very important to stay in the bible and to be aware of what the bible says about the future Graham from Tasmania, thank you so much for your call. Before we take any more calls, a couple of references there, Matthew chapter 24 and the common thread there, the idea of deception, make sure that no one deceives you. And these are the words of Jesus. David, when there is the rise of this evil entity, the Antichrist, uh, and indeed a false prophet, uh, the idea that they would look evil is is opposite to what this deception might bring because this deception is obviously going to be the rise of a very charismatic, almost lovable mm. character who does things that appear to be good and, uh, and almost strokes us uh, to make us uh, feel good about them. What are your thoughts about this deception and the idea of a feel-good figure arising? 
And I'm glad you asked me that because I'm actually finished writing my second book that's um, for the future, and it's called Deception in the End Times. And so the Apostle Paul in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 says two things must happen before um, the Lord returns. One is a great, uh, a, a great deception that even the elect could be fooled with, and there's going to be a great churning and apostasy. So many believers even who go to church are going to look at this Antichrist and they're going to be deceived because not only is he going to be a charismatic figure, not only is he going to be a genius, he can actually do miracles. And so people are going to look at him and say, look, this has to be the Messiah. This is Jesus Christ in the flesh because look at all the things he is doing. And so the deception will be worldwide. And many, many people who go to church now will be following this person. So we have to be extremely careful because any one of us could be easily deceived by the powers that this person has. And we have to be prepared for that because the Lord said, as the east, uh, the lightning comes from the east to the west, so my, my power and my uh, glory will shine. He's not going to be coming secret or from the earth. He's coming from heaven with the armies of heaven to you know take over the world. So that's the only Jesus we should be following. Uh, let's take some more calls, and we might need to be quick. Marguerite in Rockhampton in Queensland. Marguerite, what are your thoughts? Well, first of all, thank you for these marvellous men um, and yourself as well, Neil, um, who are giving us this, these important messages. I just want to tell you that we're all grateful to hear all this. I'm just wondering um, also, um, we've sort of known for a long time that Turkey could be the centre of the area and now we've been told that it will be. And with the um, discussions, well, I, I can't think of the word at the moment, but, you know, they're coming together to unite Israel. Um, and, of course, something's going to happen there that'll be either done or not done. And then we'll see the temple being built. Do you think that the people that will go in the rapture will actually be here when the Antichrist goes into that church or... Will um, we see the temple being built, and we'll know that the rapture is coming so shortly? Okay, uh, Marguerite, let me uh, let me just direct this one to uh, Troy. I, I'm Troy. I'm just going to ask you, and uh, you might both have a, a quick perception on this, but I think the question is more about the biblical idea of a rapture and when that might happen, uh, given that the convergence of all of these things, uh, people returning to Israel, uh, not yet a third temple, but in the time that there might be the rise of this charismatic figure uh, a lot of people are saying when would the rapture take place i know there are different positions but troy what are your thoughts uh the the colonel may be best uh, to uh, grab this one that's good yep uh, david yep yeah so i'm i'm actually clarify uh myself uh, i would say i'm pre-wrath in other words, there are people who believe, and I'll make this very short, who are pre-tribulationists, believe that the uh, rapture will take place before the Great Tribulation. There are some who will say it's in the middle and some after. I personally have come to a point where I believe that before the wrath of God is poured out on the earth, sometime during the tribulation, we will be taken in the rapture because we're not destined for God's wrath. But we're, we're destined to be saved just like Noah was back in the day. So that's where I would stand at that. Uh, that's the quick and short answer to it. Okay, Marguerite, I hope that's a good enough answer for you. And uh, thank you so much for your call. The idea of a pre-wrath 
rapture, and uh, that might even be new terminology for some listeners. Let's take another quick call or two. Betty, welcome along. Yeah, good morning. Um, I'll be very quick. We all see what's happening with Jared Kushner. That is a sure sign it happened in the Middle Eastern. We, Christian, I'll go straight to the question. Christian, wake up. Stop sleeping. Because the world is changing <laughs> around us. And if you cannot see that, the prophecy is unfolding in your eyes, you'll be swept. And what the two speakers saying is so true. We need to train in two ways. Military, that trains you to be able to stand the physical pain and fear. But the most important training that all Christians need to understand and start on your knees is preparation, inward preparation. The word of God that says, he who's in you is greater than who's out there. But you need to be filled with the spirit of God. He who is going to give you the strength to stand when Jesus says, sit not in prayer. Uh, Betty, you are a powerhouse. I want to thank you so much for your call there. And uh, we're just down to a few more minutes. Uh, Betty's talking about uh, wake up, don't be asleep at the wheel. And uh, you've said, David, be vigilant, be ready. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, because we're only just a few minutes in our conversation, there is a military terminology called fight tonight. Mm -hmm. How do we as Christian believers recognize that in a spiritual battle? Right. So, you know, First Peter 5, 8 says we have to be vigilant because our enemy goes around like a roaring lion. And the fight tonight is actually something we use in the book. But in Korea right now, um, their motto is fight tonight. Our U.S. forces and the South Korean forces are lined up for battle against North Korea. And they must be ready to go at any point at any time because the, bu- the bullets could be start flying within seconds or moments. So they're in constant vigilance uh, and looking at, you know, the uh, DMZ, the, the military zone there. So as Christians, we have to be constantly spiritually vigilant, ready for warfare with the enemy, and we have to be ready to fight tonight. And many of the churches right now are not there. Okay, vigilance, this idea of being ready to fight tonight, the idea of being ready to go when we're called to go, as the Great Commission tells us, go into all the world. Uh, Let me ask you, because just as we top things off, uh, the idea of a spiritual warfare, and some for some people that just happens in the prayer closets. You know, we punch the air and uh, we yell a few thoughts and we feel like we're being militant. But I, I imagine here that spiritual warfare is a package deal. It, it is it's what happens in the prayer closet, but it what ha- it's what happens in the loving relationships that we grow and build. Uh, with those that we are encountering through the day and how we present ourselves. Uh, What are your thoughts around this? And uh, let's go with Troy first, uh, perhaps a quick thought, and then another thought from David. You you know, uh, Neil, one one of the incredible things that uh, that I actually uh, learned in in helping the colonel write this book is uh, if you put it all together, it's not just, you know, prayer, Bible study, and fasting, and fellowship, and all, all those kind of basic things. But it's also, the, the colonel in, in this book take you through a sort of a, a making of a warrior process where you learn how to walk in the supernatural 
power, protection, and provision of the Holy Spirit, which is something that the Bible teaches. And, and this is going to be crucial for going through this, this end time period, is learning to, to walk in the Spirit in the supernatural power and protection and provision of, of God. David, your thoughts, just a brief, uh, just a brief uh, topping off on that. Right. So a couple of practical action steps you can take right now for our listeners. Take an inventory of where you are spiritually right now in relationship to Christ and your fellow believers. And here's important. Find someone who you think is a warrior of God right now and emulate them. Find out what they're doing. Look at what their godly lives look like and emulate them. Copy them. And whether it's a pastor, another person that you uh, you know love, if you do that, you're going to be starting to be battle ready. Okay, find someone who is someone you can emulate. Uh, there's a person in your local church that you know is a prayer warrior, someone who is able to discern these sorts of things. It's a matter of being in contact with them. Pick up the phone, give them a call, uh, get in touch with them on Facebook, uh, get, a, get a new friend and join in what's happening. It perhaps is another, uh, another thought here. Just uh, Most churches will have a local prayer meeting. Some are able in Australia to meet together. Others are meeting by Zoom and other sorts of uh, uh, social media uh, ability to do that. But it's a good thing just to connect with your local church prayer meeting and be a part of what's going on. Our two guests this hour, U.S. Army Chaplain Colonel David Giamona and also Troy Anderson, the investigative journalist. Their book is called The Military Guide to Armageddon, Battle-Tested Strategies to Prepare Your Life and Soul for the End Times. And what I've discovered is that the book is not yet out, but you can pre-order. So uh, just quickly here, Troy, uh, the book is coming out uh, at the end of the year, but you can pre-order the book now and, uh, and get it when it actually hits the bookshelves. Yeah, people can pre-order it now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, ChristianBook.com, uh, Books A Million, uh, Hudson News at airports will carry it, uh, pretty, pretty much anywhere uh, books are sold. And, uh, you know, the two of you are not in the one location. Uh, we're talking to you from different sides of the United States today. Uh, there's two different websites. I'll mention these websites for listeners to go to and check out a little more deeply the sorts of things we've been talking about. Uh, David Giamona's website is David J. Giamona. G-I-A-M-M-O-N-A dot com. David J. Giamona dot com. And Troy Anderson dot U.S is the other website you can go to. Uh, keep your eye out for the book. But to the two of you, thank you so much for taking some time today to share your thoughts and your heart and your knowledge about what's happening in the world today with listeners today on 2020. Appreciate you so much, Troy, and to you, David. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure being here. It's my honor, Neil. Thank you. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.